Oh god. Here we go. Hey, what's that? Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know I'm I'm talking. I'm doing a podcast right now. The what now? No, you can't watch me. There's nothing to watch. Come on. <laughs> she wanted to watch. She thought I was like playing a game. <laughs> oh, oh, bless. Yeah, I know. Kids, man. Who'd have them? Are you going to bark all day? This is a tasty burger. I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny. You are a sad, strange little man. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast, where the tea lingers slightly a second later with X Ben and Professor X. Sorry, what? What was the tea lingering? Well, you know, like on the sort of on the the, 20th century Fox. Dude, I'm yeah, I'm super familiar with that, and even I didn't know what the hell you're talking about. Sorry. Now I do. It's fine. This will just go in the yeah. ever-growing pile of intros that you've screwed up. Just going to try and do something different. I know. Just treat treat the intro as mystery position, and then save the spiciest stuff for the actual main body of it. You know. Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast okay. with Ben and Rob. If that's missionary, man, I'm. <laughs> Is that one of the X Men? missionary man yeah the most boring and standard of the x-men hello and welcome you're listening to the popcorn bucket podcast with ben and rob this is a regular look at the wonderful world of films film franchises and film nonsense this week is a franchise fatigue episode which we take the franchise and look at the high points low points and everything in between to sort out the perfect puffs of popcorn from the sad stale bits at the bottom of the bucket this week it's part two of our x-men coverage and we're going to look at the first three x-men films Released between 2000 and 2006. So, are we just rehashing old shit now? Is that is that what we do? Yeah, yeah. So, episode one of 2022 was looking back at 2021. Episode two was doing a repeat of a one shot, and episode three is doing another franchise we've already looked at. Yeah. Well, Deadpool is kind of separate. We we said that before. Yeah, and we and we have also said like with the James Bond one for sort of the really long long running multi film franchises, we sort of almost take bits of. And we've got to go around split them into parts. Yeah, we've got to split them into parts. And the X Men, I think it it divides quite nicely into like three parts. Yeah, you've got um, the original the, trilogy. Yeah, the, the Wolverine trilogy. The Wolverine and, trilogy, and then there's the sort of aren't there four? Uh, and New Mutants, which I realised today. Oh yes. So yeah. I don't know with that. Uh, and then Deadpool's kind of off by itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, that's cool. We'll definitely cover them. We'll keep coming back to X Men because that's going to take some while, and then then do a big wrap up one at the end. Yeah, just so people don't get franchise fatigue. <gasps> question mark. <laughs> so why X Men? This is my question to you. Not that I have any problem with X Men. I really like X Men as a thing, but just like why X Men and why now? Or was it the random popcorn maker? It was the random popcorn maker of film topics. Because we always said we'd go back and look at and yeah. look at them. I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's good actually. I I wanted an excuse to kind of look back at the oh, oh that's Pod Dog. It's like a revolving door. Hello. Okay. She's being quiet this time. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. 
Right, okay, I've got to shut the door and perhaps maybe nail it shut <laughs> with some boards because this is ridiculous. I learned what last last year or two years ago now. It was the twentieth anniversary of the first one. That, that, that is how time passes. Yeah, I know, but that's ridiculous. Well, the first one came out in two thousand, so yeah, that's ridiculous. There's no way that it happened that long ago, but it did. We're just old. Yeah. Mind you, I do remember watching the first X Men on VHS. I think I even had a VHS copy of it. So, well, in actual fact, the opening of X Men, uh, the f film was released, is now closer to the opening than we are to the film. The <laughs> that really broke my brain then. No, nowhere near. Nowhere near. I know. No. Oh, dude, don't do that. You know I have a, a temporal weakness when it comes to working things out. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's 1944 <laughs> to 2000. And then even though it was really simple maths, it my brain just had a conniption. Wow, thank you for that. That that's that <laughs> made me look really stupid now on, on the podcast, which I try not to. I let my opinions do that. On the last episode, you were just saying that you hate facts like that. Yeah. What? Yes, I know. That's that's why I'm more inclined to believe it because it always it always sounds ridiculous, and then you do the maths, and it's like, oh no, actually no, that's bang on the money. That's really depressing. And I was thinking, no, there's no way my maths is that bad. That's off. Yeah, because that would have put it in the eighties. Yeah, but anyway, okay. So just 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 give us a just give us a, a, a little a little fact file for the first X Men movie, please, and then we'll chat about it. Okay, so it's based on the. X-Men comics by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Mm -hmm. uh, it stars Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, Ian McKellen, Halle Berry, Famke Janssen, James Marsden, Bruce Davison, Rebecca Romaine Stamos, Ray Park, and Anna Paquin. The plot, in a world where mutants, in brackets, evolved super-powered humans exist and are discriminated against, two groups form for an inevitable clash, the supremacist Brotherhood and the pacifist X-Men. Indeed. I've watched the first one a lot, not as much as X-Men 2. Mm-hmm. But over over my lifetime, I've seen the first X Men quite a bit, but not for quite a while. Like, so I hadn't I hadn't watched it kind of recently. You know, if I'm if I'm going for some superhero action, I'll be going for the MCU or whatever. But yeah, were you like me and kind of surprised at how well this stood up? No, 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 really, no. It stood up as much as I thought it would stand up. What it's always been good, or that it is clearly dated. Well, I mean, I know, I know, there's an argument for Blade, but this really is the film that kickstarted the modern super superhero genre. Oh, definitely, yeah. Blade, Blade did well because it was just it was adapting something that hyper violent kind of vampires. You know, like that wasn't anything super new, really. Yeah. Whereas you know that was more supernatural kind of things. Whereas this is very much like you know mutants and superpowers and and things like that and uh yeah oh no and it set the tone for a lot of it and i think it yeah yeah, yeah. off on a good foot i think the first x-men movie is actually pretty damn legit even now um so yeah i mean let's talk about that opening it's bold really because so it opens in auschwitz uh, with families being separated and then you see a young boy kind of um separated from his mum and is so uh, distraught by this he is reaching at the gates and then all the metal starts to bend around him yeah it's a hell of an opening 
It is. And I mean, we're not talking about this episode, but sort of skipping ahead to uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Mm. They go back to to Auschwitz with mm. uh, with the character. And my me- I mean, I've only seen the film once, but my memory is that that was really tasteless, whereas this isn't, I don't think. Yeah, I think... I mean, yeah, Apocalypse we'll get to, because... Uh, um, but... But this one, I think it was it was setting out at stall. Like we're gonna take this seriously, and Eric Lyncher slash Magneto being a Holocaust survivor and having been in the camps and seeing the cruelty that that humans have to people who are even slightly different from them is all baked into the character. That that makes sense. So so them doing that, and it's a really it, it it's a really upsetting scene. Yeah, it's powerful. Uh, yeah, it's 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 ballsy. It's it's a bunch of stuff. It's a really really effective opening, and yeah, wow, and and it still hits as hard now. You know, despite the fact that you know superhero kind of things are pretty kind of there, they don't often go that dark, uh, and 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 sort of kind of get that close to real life horrors. No, no, I think they very much stay in sort of the realms of the fantastical. But I yeah. think the thing with X Men is it's always been kind of like an allegory for any marginalized group. Oh yeah, completely. I don't know why. Maybe because I hadn't seen it for a while, but because of the sort of like, oh, you know, they're all dressed in sort of leather outfits. You know, the the whole yellow spandex yeah. line. That's interesting because oh, oh, reading about apparently there were because I thought they kind of did that as a way of getting around kind of how ridiculous some of the comic book ac- uh, accurate costumes can look. Mm. But apparently even at the time people were complaining and thought it should have been the proper, uh, sort of the proper blue and yellow spandex, which is why they have the line about what you expect, uh, what were you expecting yellow spandex? Mm. They, I think they did even make a, a Wolverine cowl and, and whatever. I believe that was the deleted scene. I don't know if that was from the first one or the second one. But... No, that was from the Wolverine. But it could, yeah, it could have been from the woman. But I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing like a screenshot of like a draw and and the yeah, no, that that is from one of the later ones. Oh, okay, yeah. So I, I kind of expected a lot of it to be eclipsed, and obviously, you know, some of the effects, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the thing that it does right is that the character work is really strong for some of them. For some of them, yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, is Storm anyone's favorite from this movie? Well, I think three of the characters are done really well. Four, possibly a push. But I think the rest of them really do lose out. And so Xavier, yep. Magneto, yep. Wolverine, yep. and Rogue, I assume. And push, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you've you you know, you won't, yeah, you, you've agreed with me without me needing to name them. Yeah, exactly. It would, the, the, yeah, that's that's where the focus is. Because the, cause the one of the biggest, biggest successes is... Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart, and yeah, they're, oh, they're, they're perfectly cast. That you feel because you know they've been friends for decades mm. before this yeah. and decades after, but like you feel that sort of shared chemistry. history. Yeah, that 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 his, that history and that chemistry, you feel that, and so them being sort of like best frenemies, yeah, totally works. Pretty pretty damn amazing, and 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 I think I think Hugh Jackman does a damn good job of Wolverine as well. He's not comic book accurate. You know? No, yeah, because he's like a foot taller. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a short, squat little Canadian fella um, in in the comics. But uh, but you know, six foot Australian, he makes it work. He embodies the the spirit of the character. Well, he replaced Doug Ray Scott, who was injured filming Mission Impossible Two. 
Mm. And I think he'd filmed a bit or started film or started pre-production with uh, with Deborah Scott. He would have been interesting. Hmm. He would have been interesting, but uh, but yeah, it was definitely a proper star-making thing for oh, yeah, Jackman, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, Jesus. And th- this is a problem that that is kind of throughout the series, not just the, fir- the the first three, but they don't spend enough time on like the more interesting X Men. No, and I think you know you're saying these days if you want to watch sort of uh, sort of an action-heavy superhero film, you, you pick from uh, you pick one of the MCU films, mm. and. I think because I saw Eternals for the first time the other day. Oh, what do you think? It kind of leads into this that okay. there's too many characters. Where they've, I mean, I liked it. It looks nice, but there's way there's there's too many characters are kind of introduced like with a sentence, mm. and I think that's why you know Justice League didn't work because there weren't the reason you know the reason the Avengers worked is is you'd had the kind of the build up movies where it's like. I don't know. I mean, obviously now Disney have the rights to the X-Men again to mm. put them into the MCU, whether they'll do, you know, standalone films and then a team up or whether they'll just launch straight into here is everyone all at once. I think, I think they probably would go for the team up thing straight away. I can't, I can't imagine too many people going for like a beast movie, even no. though I really like beast. Um, I, I can't imagine them kind of like, hang it all on that because i think what they would do is something that these movies were sort of teasing was like the original lineup of the x-men because beast was there angel was there you know they they had the sort of founding members and i think they'd probably do that and then kind of expand on it but probably get wolverine in soon enough because everyone knows and loves wolverine yeah it's an interesting one i i think this movie the, the stuff that really, really works. Anna Paquin as as uh, Rogue is great. Yeah, yeah. I I think she's she's like the proper. She can be a little little you know bland at times. I mean, she's a hell of a, an actor anyway. But like, but like the the whole runaway thing, the whole her chemistry with Hugh Jackman is really good. Like, it's great watching them sort of play off each other. Yeah, it's a good sort uh, of older brother thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I like I like how it goes from just sheer animosity to uh to actually like I will protect her any way I can. Yeah, I like how they're kind of both outsiders. The the bit of the when she runs away and is um uh is on the train, he goes and sits mm. next to her and says, you know, let's let's you know, we'll give these guys a, a, an, another shot. You know, mm. it's kind of that they are united against kind of everyone. Yeah. Yeah, them both accepting the whole X Men thing. I I really think, which is a recurring theme, Cyclops is done dirty. I I watched. Uh, I mean, it turns into uh, films robbers watch recently. <laughs> I recently saw for the first time Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh yeah, I, I actually and, quite like that. And uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. And James Marsden's in it. He's a great comic actor, and he's done so badly by these three films. Have you seen him in Enchanted? Yes. Yeah. He's so funny in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, he's he, in Thirty Rock as well. And he, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's a charming, funny, great, yeah, charismatic guy. And yeah, yeah, and and yet and yet he's just so he's like a bread sandwich in these movies. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. And I know everyone kind of thinks that you know, oh, the altruistic leader, you know, kind of is always the more boring one. But I mean, they managed to make a compelling character out of Captain America being yeah. all altruistic and yeah. everything. You know, Cyclops should be Captain America with eye lasers. And and James Marsden is absolutely able to pull that off, but like just 
isn't used. He's just there as like the sort of wedge between Logan and and Jean Grey. Yeah, he's just there to be a problem, which is which is a, a real shame. Rebecca Romain is fantastic as Mystique. That's a ballsy performance, and she uh, she absolutely nails it. I I love I love all her all her weird kind of things. I don't know where the sort of like almost anti gravity stuff came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I like that she's like this bewitching presence, and uh, yeah, that's all. That's all really good, and and I like I I believe it is a Joss Whedon line. Not the toad struck by lightning will go, <laughs> but the um, how do I know it's you? You're a dick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that thing. So, so that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's um, when they go into the Statue of Liberty and Wolverine sets the metal detectors off. Yeah, and then retracts two. All but yeah, two yeah. and leaves his middle claw up. Yeah, as a as a kind of yeah swearing at Cyclops. Yeah, was was weirdly parodied in one of those uh, scary movie films, but it's not a. It, it wasn't kind of a parody because it was just repeating the exact same joke. You get a lot of that in mm. general. A lot of those movies uh, confused imitation with parody. When Mystique uh, turns into Wolverine, and you've got Wolverine fighting Wolverine, I'm always reminded when you have things like that. I think it's like that happens in Avengers as well. Where you've got sort of two people. <laughs> Who are the same. I'm always reminded of the future arm bit about perfectly symmetrical fighting never helped anyone. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what Leela says, something about I know all her moves, so therefore yeah. I have the advantage. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that I always think of um Mortal Kombat with the sort of mirror matches when you had to fight the same character as as yourself. So yeah. I do wonder though, like with Mystique, when she's transformed into Wolverine, and there's that bit where she has the claws, and then the actual Wolverine cuts the claws. Yeah, how does that work? Is that like part of her? That's true. I that that's always bugged me. Did you notice the Stan Lee cameo? He's at the beach when Senator Jellyfish gets out of the sea. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, yeah. I I I think that the whole Senator Kelly thing is interesting because it's just. It's hitting the same fear-mongering sort of political beats that we've always heard about everything else. Well, I thought the Senate hits hearing at the beginning, yeah, when, when he's sort of saying about how, you know, they could be anyone, they could do anything, you need to be scared of them. It is chillingly real, and it still mm. remains chillingly relevant of yeah, sort of definitely. the way politicians whip up animosity to marginalised groups. Yeah. You know, it could be in your house. I, I, I like the fact he does have that sort of turnaround, but obviously it's too late then. But yeah, it, it, I've... I think the actual sort of storytelling and everything is surprisingly mature. Like, it, yeah, you know, like this was taken seriously. Like, it didn't have this like, the proper X Men team dynamic that I wanted. Like, knowing the sort of comics and the cartoon, but you know, it it still had decent, compelling characters. Sometimes, some of them, because yeah, Halle Berry's Storm. Don't know what is going on with her. No. And obviously, she gets the worst line in the movie. Do you know what happened? Yeah. Struck by lightning. Same thing as everything else. Yeah, apparently that was another holdover from a, the Joss Whedon script. Chris but, McQuarrie had a pass at this initially. Yeah, because they're they're they developing a, an X Men film as far back as 1984 mm. uh, for Orion Pictures, and at one point, Bob Hoskins was going to play Wolverine. 
actual Bob Hoskins. Yeah, in like the early 90s. Wow. Yeah, it was bought by 20th Century Fox in 1994. Well, I know that they thought this film was going to bomb. Hmm. They moved the release day up, I think, just to sort of get it over with. The, the, the executive was Tom Rothman, and he never really kind of believed in the whole X-Men thing. And he got more involved with the series around the last stand. And I'm sure the I'm sure the quality different was, was nothing. That's just a coincidence. <laughs> so yeah, he's always had the kind of worst ideas for for certain things. And uh I'm trying to think, like the actual X-Men they have in it, they have Toad, Ray Park. His job is to be just kind of gross. Yeah. I do like when he eats that bird and sends it goes Ugh. Well, to be fair, it's pretty disgusting. It's no, it's it's rank, but like, <laughs> yeah, but I like that it's an audible. Saber tooth, he doesn't get much to do. But I tell you what, I do, I do really like the. the there's that one scene where Magneto comes out of the uh, train station, and you got all the cops and everything, and he lifts the police cars up, and he's got the guns, and it's just that's a that's a great scene. Mm. That's so good. Like even now, it's still got the. Some power to it. God, I keep interrupting. You're going to say something cool. Was it? I don't know. You're going to say something. Possibly. No, you were going to say something, but okay. it, could, it had the potential to be cool. I like uh, Wolverine's introduction where he's doing a cage fight, and I like his side headbutt. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed, I definitely noticed that some of the sound effects are a little bit more cartoony than they like, became later. But the side headbutt, the, the sort of clank of yep. uh, the adamantium skull hitting thing yeah it's cool and i like the fact that you know you, you do get a payoff to the kicking in the groin thing <laughs> you're making really angry yeah takes a person <laughs> but you know and the sort of the, i i like both rogue and him sitting at the bar and sort of them noticing each other noticing the news about the mutants yeah you know and 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 that's sort of that feeling out process and then the uh get out of my bar freak it's yeah. a surprisingly uh, well, it's a surprisingly short film. It's only now in forty-five minutes, and mm. it's quite like a a contained story, really. Like the stakes aren't massively high. He wants to turn world leaders into mutants. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, I think obviously, leaving aside the fact that it did change, I think it, it did change sort of cinema because we've got so many superhero films now. I think mm. as a result of it, um, the kind of so the, the I mean I guess slight spoilers for Spider-Man Now We Home, even though it is in the trailer. Um, the, one the finale, the part of the finale that takes around the Statue of Liberty, and that still reminds you of this, you know, this X-Men film that came out twenty-two years ago. Mm, yeah, well that's it. It's just it was a good idea then. It represents all the whole immigrants thing, the New York. I mean, the X-Men and Spider-Man. The, the, you can't, you know, they are linked to New York. That's hmm. the whole point. But yeah, I think I think the sort of that thing is 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 pretty damn well done, actually. How do you feel about Famke Janssen in this? She's fine. Yeah. She's all right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think outside of those four, uh, Professor X, Magneto, Wolverine, and Rogue, I don't really think there's much characterization of it. Everyone else is a bit uh, almost. You know, they, they, they've got a thing. Storm's thing. She can change the weather. Cyclops's thing. He's also there. Jean Grey's the yes. Doctor. Cyclops' superpowers: seat filling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jingo is the doctor. She's 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 the medical one. Uh, no, you got Iceman as well, Bobby Drake. Yeah, he's cool. I don't enjoy the uh, Iceman Rogue thing. I don't enjoy the Wolverine uh, Gene thing. 
Wolverine. What do you enjoy? Professor X, Magneto, Wolverine, Rogue. Yeah, i i like I like the sort of the the Rogue Iceman thing. I think that sort of yeah, they're they're teenagers. You know, they may have mutant powers, but they're going to have super raging hormones as well. I get that. I mean, not now. I'm old as hell, but like, I understand it. I like that this film. At the beginning of this film, it says it's set in the not too distant future. I thought that. I've, was a bit I've, weird. I've always liked that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's that clever. is a bit weird. Because one of the things, uh, again, skipping ahead to part three, four of uh, X Men coverage, um, I don't like that Logan was set in like 2019. No. It, it seemed a bit silly that they put a date on it. I, I, I like that it's always set in the near future. Yeah, well, it just shows that technology has advanced, but humanity's prejudices haven't. Yeah, which you know we know to be true. I mean, Christ, we live in space year twenty twenty two, and uh, man, we've still got so many problems from just old prejudices and that. It's, but if you're uh, listening to us in twenty twenty three, they're all finished now. Yes, yes. What what a year that was. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only X Men film to be based on a pretty much original story. Everything else has been based on comics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think they do a decent job. You know, Wolverine's front and center, you know, but that's sort of, again, like a classic Western hero, sort of rejecting civilization to go and find some answers about his past. Yeah. I, I think I actually, I was pleasantly surprised that, that the kind of, it, it properly holds up even when taken into account where the superhero genre has gone and the sort of how seriously a lot of films take the source material. Because this was at a time where it was just like, how can we bend this to fit film? Yeah. Now it's how yeah, we yeah. bend film to fit these comic books. And I think I think that's interesting, the fact that it's treated with enough respect. I mean, it it's hashtag not my X-Men, but it's still it's still good. And I think that the, the character stuff is what really, really comes through. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I don't. I don't think I was surprised by enjoying it. I, I, I remember it being a, a good film, and I think it still it still is a good film. Mm. Um, I think it's apparent now, having watched like you know many team up films, particularly for the MCU, where characters are given you know films, countless films and shows to kind of breathe and develop, even minor characters. So when they're in a team up, you you're sort of aware of all the backstory of all of all these different characters. Whereas in X Men, obviously, you're dropped in cold, um, and not everyone's given that much space. No, and I I think that's kind of the problem with these X Men movies in general is that everyone's going to have their favorite X Men, and, and it's all going to be Wolverine. Well, that's the thing though. I I think a lot of X Men fans like they like Wolverine because you know he's Wolverine, but I think they they like the more tertiary characters because, you know, they get storylines obviously in the comics and everything, but they're just never done proper justice in these movies. You know, uh, like I know some people who are just annoyed that it's always Wolverine and the X-Men. It's always Wolverine yeah. front and center. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like, cause you get it like tragic backstory, etc. you know, but he's kind of the least interesting of a lot of them. A lot of them have much, much stronger, more interesting backstories but you know they've just done he's he's just the, the figurehead isn't he he's he's the he's almost the mascot of the whole thing like everyone knows who wolverine is but yes x-men is a is actually really really good 
I'm yeah, I don't know I don't know why I was pleasantly surprised, I think, but I I was. It was just I hadn't watched it for a while. And you just assume things from that long ago wouldn't be as good. But this is it, it, it holds up in a lot of respects. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It holds up. Yeah, and also let's talk about that theme as well. Dun, 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 dun. I'd love it. That's that's so exciting with the the sort of the intro and everything where yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good right. yeah, and and you know, and then the like, like X Men has always had like decent theme tunes, yeah, and I think I think that was like I felt like I heard it before, even though I hadn't uh, at the time when I watched it. Like it 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 felt like a proper evolution from the cartoon one, yeah. yeah. I know. And they bring it back. And there's no way, there's no way they don't redo that intro with the music. That most people remember the music over anything else. So I certainly do. Yeah, they've got to, they've got to do the music thing again. If they have a new theme on it, I'm, I'm done. I'm checked out before it's even a thing. You hear me, Disney? Apparently, the bit at the in the train station where the small boy smiles at Cyclops uh, wasn't scripted. The, the extra, his the extra's favorite character was Cyclops, and he, he just kept smiling. And at one point, James uh, Marsden, James Marsden, I was going to call him James Mangle. Then James Marsden just smiled back, and whoever directed this film thought it was really good Brian and kept Lee. it in. Whoever directed this film thought it was really yes. good and kept it in. Yes. Yeah. Can we talk about how how the directors of the first three they're both shitbags? I know, and, and the rewrites from Joss Whedon. Such a shame, isn't it? It's just it always is, but yeah. Brian Singer especially sucks out loud. Yeah, no, it's cool. How pissed do you think that kid would be when he grew up and then saw that they actually saw the film? Nothing with the cycle yeah. character. Yeah, he like, he wouldn't be smiling actor. then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he'd seen the script, he wouldn't. <laughs> have, he wouldn't have a grin on his face. That's for sure. So yeah, no, X Men. Uh, it's, it's decent. Good on it. But you know, hashtag justice for James Marsden. Yeah, and and, and, and and Halle Berry. Yes, uh, let's talk about X Men Two, directed by some guy. Was that everything you had on X Men? By the way, yeah, yeah. I was I was sensing we were kind of near the end of the discussion. Oh, actually, uh, after the film release, came out on DVD, Hooray Physical Media, and this had possibly the first one I was aware of, or certainly one of the more early famous ones, an Easter egg, where um, Spider Man joined oh, joined yeah. the scene. Yeah. They had someone in the Spider-Man costume yeah. just run through the thing. Yeah, they had X-Men 1.5, which had uh, a few extra scenes, I think. Okay. That uh, was like an alternate cut, but um, I can't remember anything of like value in it. But um, but yeah. Yeah, well, I remember they had one Easter egg on the Fantastic Four thing, where they have Ewan um, Griffiths. He, he's... he's he talks about being a stronger man, and he kind of morphs his face into having like a square jaw and everything. Yeah. But, but the Easter egg was that he says a stronger man, and he morphs his face into Wolverine. Okay. With the hair and everything. Yeah. Fox man. Fox man is another <laughs> superhero. <laughs> <laughs> um. So X Men Two, or X Two, X Men United, as it was occasionally known. I think it depended on territories. I can't quite work out which territory where, but yeah. Yes, just X2. But now I think it has been officially rebranded as X-Men 2, as it always should have been. Released in 2003, when anti-mutant 
Colonel William Stryker kidnaps Professor X and attacks his school, the X-Men must ally with their archenemy Magneto to stop him. Yes. Nice and concise. So, we've got a fucking diggity-dope intro to this one as well. With Nightcrawler. Mmm, Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming. Uh, yeah, a hell of an opening sequence. Really, Doing exactly really what Senator Kelly said would happen. Walking yeah. into the White House trying to attack the president. Yes. Yes, almost as if it's engineered to sort of brew a war between humans and mutants. That's weird, isn't it? Hmm. So, what are your thoughts on X-Men 2? It's the Spider-Man 2 of the uh, of the Tobey Maguire films. Yes, I agree. The, it the, takes everything good about the first one. And yeah, and it improves on it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure we'll return to that analogy. Yes. Um, so, so the first time we see our our X-Men is on a school trip where Jean Grey has a psychic meltdown. Apparently, a lot of the people frozen are mimes. I did not know that. I mean, yeah. It, it's an impressive thing, isn't it? Yeah. Freezing the whole... The Apart whole from the mutants. Museum. Apart from the mutants, yeah. And I like the... Uh, the tongue sticking out boy. He's got the sort of blue forked tongue thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, not here. Yeah, then you've got this weird... It's not really a triangle. It's just that you've got uh, Pyro, Bobby, and Rogue. Yeah, she's she's not impressed with Pyro's stuff. No, but I think if I knew them, I'd be driven to the dark side. You reckon? Yeah. Why? Because they're dull. Are you are you being harsh on my boy Iceman again? Yeah, I I think Sean Ashmore is actually really good. I think he's not given too much to do, other than being the sort of blue eyed boyfriend. But I think I think his his whole thing of like them wanting to 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 bump uglies and not being able to and all that. I think that's that's actually pretty compelling. And Pyro's a douche. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But is that because of his environment? Because he goes to school with Iceman? I'm not hearing this Iceman sound <laughs> right now. I'm not, I'm, I'm not happy about this. You would join the Brotherhood of Mutants. If I knew Iceman. Yeah, if you're Iceman in this scenario, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I side with Iceman. Are you an Iceman or a Pyro? Take our quiz. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... I, I get what you mean. He is a bit, he is a bit bland. But I'm I'm still not I'm still not hearing that. I think he's a I think he's a nice sympathetic character, and I really really like the visit to his house. Yeah, that that that, that was touching. It's not um, apparently Ian McKellen had some hand in writing that. The sort of coming out scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. To make it more like a coming out scene. Yeah, where it, it absolutely has that feeling to it, hasn't it? Because yeah. I mean, have you tried not being a mutant? Yeah, I quote that all the time, but I replace mutant with other things. <laughs> have you tried not being a dickhead? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Have you tried not being a mutant? Is is the perfect sort of well-meaning but completely ignorant question that you probably would get from that sort of thing? I like. The cat that licks stuff as well. That's that's my that's one of my favorite characters. That was used in the trailers a lot. Yes. <laughs> Licking the claws and yeah. then the frozen tea. It goes mental for that frozen tea. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree. This is this is the Spider-Man 2 of the X-Men films because it it's it builds on the great character work. Again, doesn't have 
too much room for many others. Nightcrawler gets gets some proper moments. Well, Halle Berry's given more screen time because she'd won an Oscar. Yes. Which yeah. I think was good. Cyclops and Cyclops had quite a few scenes cut. Yeah. I know. I just, I, I, I really hate the assumption that just because they're the leader, you know, and, and they play by the rules, they're boring. Mm. And Cyclops isn't boring. He's badass. But yeah, still, whatever. I guess of the new blood in this one. Yeah, I, I like Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is interesting because in the comics, he, he does have that sort of, he always has that religious thing, but he also becomes like a pirate at one point as well. But the sort of religious thing, I don't know. I don't think he had self-inflicted scars, that sort of like ritualistic kind of thing, which I think is a, an interesting twist. I mean, it's not enough just to make him blue and have fangs and a pointy tail and everything. They've got to put score marks on him as well. But uh, that whole controlling mutants thing and and Stryker exploiting his son like that. Yeah. I mean, Stryker is just the worst, isn't he? Yeah. Brian Cox, a good performance. Oh, it's a hell of a performance. Brian Cox is is a truly detestable bastard in this. And I like the fact that he makes Magneto look like properly sympathetic. Yes, yeah. Well, he because he brainwashes Magneto as well. Yeah. Not brain, but puts him under the truth here. Yeah. But that, that prison break, Magneto, so being kept in a sort of an entirely plastic prison. It, um, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of because Mystique injects a guard with iron or something. Mr. Kind Laurier, of, they say his name often enough. To uh, to increase the yeah to increase the iron in his blood, That's a fantastic scene. Yeah, yeah, it's gruesome him pulling all that out. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. But then the damage he can do with just a tiny bit of iron. Yeah, that's Magneto, man. Yeah, and I, I, sort of like as the as the iron as you see the balls, uh, the the sort of the metallic balls he's smashing up the cell with, mm. uh, and flattened it to be a platform to glide on. It's oh, still got okay. bits of blood on it. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of stuff really works. Lady Deathstrike in this. I don't think they ever actually name her in the no, film. No, it marketing, I think that was, wasn't yes. it? Yes. I think that's a massive wasted opportunity as well. Yeah. I And I I do feel I do feel sorry for her because I think we're... Are we meant to sympathise with her? To well, I think she's, she, well, she's been brainwashed as well. Yeah, well, that's that was my point. Like, she's the only one who's, like, properly straight up, like, killed. Yeah. And filled and, with adamantium and sinks to the sinks yeah, to the I tank. Mean, it's a it's a nasty death as mm, well. Mm. Like, and you even have a thing where where she's like waking up from it. Yeah, and and so he has to put more of the sort of mind control juice on 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 the sort of back of the neck there. So yeah, you'd like to think there'd be a point where they go, wait a minute. Yeah, all these people are acting out of character. Why don't we just sort of like hold them away from the mind control juice for a bit? Yeah, they can go cold turkey. Yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I do feel sorry for her because I think it was just like, okay, well, what if we have a female Wolverine and they can have a big old fight? And no, that's fine. But she's got Wolverine, five claws instead of. Three. Yeah, Wolverine fights women a lot. Mm, yes, I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a bad thing. They're both highly capable fighters. It's not as if he's using his superpowers against a random housewife. Or a schoolgirl or something, but you know, it, it he does fight a lot of women. So yeah, it, it that that I thought was just like, oh okay, well fine. But I do feel sorry. I I think I think she's she's an unnecessary casualty. She didn't have to go like that. No, no. I would have I've liked to seen some sort of like claw based redemption for her, where she maybe got a few. Maybe she did a sort of 
horrible back move where she's just repeatedly stabbing in the back with the fingernail claws. Maybe she, if she did that to Stryker, that would have been cool. But, uh, but you know, can't have everything. Stryker has a dark backstory when he's talking about his uh, his wife going mad and drilling her own temple. Yeah. That's, that's dark. Yeah, crazy dark. And you can, you can see why he hates mutants, but like all of that is lost, you know, with the way he treats his son and the way he treats mutants. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, you know, yes, that's bad. Yeah, that is that isn't that is properly nasty. And Brian Cox sells the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just he's just good. He's just brilliant. The attack in the school is good. Yes, yes a, is a good set piece. It is. I like um, just before that you got the geeky mutant whose power is being able to change the TV by blinking. Yeah, I don't know if there's any more to it than that because that just seems to be his only power. I mean, and he says he doesn't sleep, and I don't think he was being like sort of like jokey about that. I think yeah. he literally can't sleep. See, how can you hit Iceman when you got that little that little scene? Because he's a kid. Oh no, it's just that's, that's all. That's all. Uh, I, th- I thought you were saying how can you I- hate Iceman when there's a kid to hate? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a child, you monster. <laughs> No, no, it just reminded me because Wolverine has that scene with him where he chills with her and, and yeah, and and uh, and then he completely accurately says, I see the way you look at Dr. Gray. Does yeah. it know your place? Go back to school? Just chill the coke or whatever he does? That's all he's good for? He's a fridge? Rob, <laughs> for a film that is about acceptance, <laughs> you are being... Very, very intolerant of Iceman right now, and I'm I'm not having any of it. No, bad, bad, Rob. Wolverine stabs a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, you've always got, got a sort of the berserker thing. Yeah. Apparently, when they showed it initially, you had, they had to cut a few seconds off to make it uh, twelve or whatever the American mm-hmm. equivalent is. Uh, going through the shoe, I've I've always I've always hated shots of like someone's foot and then something bad mm. happening to the foot it happens in home alone with the nail thing it happens lots of times someone gets stabbed and for some reason even though i know it would probably hurt less than being stabbed in 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 stomach or you know where it's, it's still it's ooh, yeah always it's like stepping on lego yes yes it's exactly like stepping on lego in fact i believe the original draft had them just spreading lego around and wolverine wasn't involved well it'd be a a better defensive for cerebro than they have in most of the films because for an incredibly powerful machine it's left undefended very it's very easy to break into cerebro It's, it's got the it's got the eye thing which is very easy to to get around it says welcome professor what more yeah. do you want a, a padlock i think would have done what magneto yeah plastic padlock actually that would have worked why didn't they think of that yeah they could just made everything out of plastic i think with this one as well i do wish they would act more as a team again because it's always like storm and gene you go and pick up nightcrawler wolverine's being a douche over here and then you know just like it's always like splitting them up it's never never acting as a team hmm. i like the team up when um, when they do team up with Magneto and his and his brotherhood, I like how Magneto catches the plane. I, I like them working together as more of a team of good guys and what were bad guys. Mm. Another bit I like is I think they make better use of Rogue being able to use. Well, I think kind of use it once, but where um, where Pyro's going mental, yeah, and and firing at uh, at the police, 
uh, which is a good scene because you really get the sense that they are just kids. Uh, yeah, you, I think you kind of forget that maybe because they're a bit older than actors, but yeah, the, um, that they are just you know they are from a school, and when she sort of grabs him to control the fire, they, mm. it'd be nice if they kind of made more of the fact that she does take people's power rather than just sort of makes them go a bit veiny. <laughs> Well, they do that. They have they have the reminder when she kisses Bobby and she just breathes out the ice. Yep. You know, but uh, yeah, that whole scene and and I tell you what, it, yeah, that's the thing you hate you hate Iceman, but his brother Ronnie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That little snitch. Yeah. That does feel real, doesn't it? The sort of the the, the brother being freaked out by the whole thing and and jealous possibly and jealous as well. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Put down the knives. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> And the bullet thing as well, being shot in the head and then slowly recovering from a headshot. Oh, question about the first one, actually. There's a bit where Rogue asks Wolverine if it hurts when the claws come out, and he mm. sort of looks down and says every time. Yeah. I can't remember whether it was you and I were talking about years ago, I was, or I was talking about with someone else, about I'm convinced he just means it kind of almost hurts his heart or hurts his soul, the fact that he has to use them. I don't think he's that deep. Okay. I think it's just the fact that huge blades come out of his skin. Yeah, it's just the way he says every time. It's just it's almost a bit more regretful rather than. I think he's more like a warrior poet. Yeah, he's more like yeah. No, it, it hurts that he you know doesn't want to use them, but here we are again. I mean, possibly, maybe, maybe that line is deeper than I give it credit for. I just, I just figured like Wolverine's used to pain. He's used yeah. to physical pain. Yes, yes. So whereas that you know, it's it's not the physical thing; it's the emotional thing. I don't know. Is Wolverine talking about physical or emotional pain when he pops the claws out? Let us know in the Q and A. Vote pop and lock or <laughs> popping off. Vote steals or feels. Even though it's not steel, it's adamantium. So, I like um, Magneto's line to Wolverine about once again. You think it's all about you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, it just. Ian McKellen is so brilliant in these films because you because I, what I like is is that in the second one especially like his goals do align with Xavier's up until the very last bit where he's like kill all the humans yeah <laughs> you know like it's it's almost there they're, they're they're almost on the same page and then there's that last minute oh yeah while, while I've got you humans since I got you here um so yeah it is it is cool I liked how. X Men Two also has that thing when Mystique is going through the computer, and you get the list of the mutants. Kind of when she's looking for Magneto, where he's yeah. been held, yeah. And it's got like a ton of things, including Gambit and all these people who are things, and Maximoff times two. Huh. So they had the Maximoff twins there hmm. before that was a thing in the films, anyway. No, X Men Two is 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 legit, and I'm, again, I'm 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 pleased how well it holds up. Yeah, I think it, yeah, yeah. It, it really does, and and you have some genuinely excellent performances. I thought the the sort of the, like the last scene where they uh, negotiate with the president is is a really sinister way to negotiate to sort of freeze everyone and threaten him into being yeah, because that's yeah. I was thinking that because yeah, turning it stormy outside, so they clearly want some kind of atmosphere for the whole thing. Appearing in like a lightning flash, yeah. and being like, "We're not here to harm you, but we can do all this shit." And especially Wolverine saying, "We'll be watching." Yeah, How is that not a here's the guy who broke in last time. Yeah, yeah. I do like the the giggle that Nightcrawler has though. 
when uh, Xavier says, "Let's just say I know a little girl who can walk through walls." <laughs> that little that little giggle is is nice. That's a nice little touch. And I do like I do like that Kurt Wagner's kind of. But in the Munich Circus, I was known as the Incredible Nightcrawler, and <laughs> he gets cut off later on by Wolverine. It's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> and we say goodbye to Jean. Yes, or do we? But yes, we do. And a final goodbye spoken through Patrick Stewart. Yeah, that would have been great if Cyclops just just had a big old passionate kiss with Patrick Stewart. I ship him. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just... <laughs> I'm sure they've done more with the character since then, but I always found Jean Grey before the whole Phoenix thing was a really boring character. She was just like, she was, you know, she was like Marvel girl and everything. And I'm sure that maybe there are some hardcore gray heads or whatever they call themselves, but like out there that, that will have a problem with me saying, but especially in the original run, I think that Jean Grey was a really undeveloped kind of just gal pal type character. And then the Phoenix stuff, because it was taking that sort of smiley, wholesome kind of girl and tur- turning her into like this thing, this 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 ethereal thing, who's like kind of got sexuality as part of it as well. She got the skin tight costume and everything, like like it was taking all that wholesome stuff and like turning it on its head, and that was the whole point. And I think that made her interesting. And Famke Janssen, I really really like. I think she's she's a, a great actor, and she's been in a number of things that I I truly love. And I just don't think she got to do too much as Jean Grey. And she gets a bit more to do later on. But it's a real shame because it's like, I don't know, this was their chance to kind of make Jean more interesting. But like her and Cyclops just seem to be having a bit of a bland off. And that, that ain't fair, is it? No, I'm, again, I'm, I'm not here for the Wolverine and Jean thing. I think there's more chemistry with Wolverine and Storm. Interesting you say that. I'll tell you why that's interesting in a little bit. So, are we done with X-Men 2? Indeed. Like, Jim so, Gray was done at the end. Yes, spoilers. X-Men The Last Stand, directed by some dude. Released in 2006, the human government de- develops a cure for mutations, and Jean Grey becomes a darker, uncontrollable persona called the Phoenix, who allies with Magneto, causing escalation into an all-out battle for the X-Men. So, who have we got that, that's new blood in this one? Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer's Beast. Vinnie Jones. Oh, yeah. Actually, Kelsey Grammer's Beast marks the first um, uh, retconning in X-Men. Because Beast is in X- X-Men 2 in he's on, on the TV. He's on the news, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. This also so, opens with a flash on the X on 20th Century Fox. We, we haven't mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was always a cool a cool little thing, wasn't it? Yeah, my memory was that, there's, that they have the little... Uh, Music fanfare, but that must be the later ones. I, that that's in that's in what definitely one of the later ones because yeah. yeah, but not in this one. In fact, they don't have the X Men theme in, in this one. The music in this is by uh, John Powell, and I actually thought there's bits of it where it, where um, it gets it sounds a bit like the love music from Zorro, mm. but it's not the same guy, not the same composer. No, I they but. They don't have that dun at all. Okay. I swear they don't, and and I could be wrong on that one, but I'm pretty sure that even even at the end they don't have that sort of fanfare kind of thing. Don't have at the beginning. I I don't know why it isn't. I even Googled it and nothing came up. So so the story is that that douchebag director A uh, left to do Superman. 
and they tried to get a bunch of different people in, including Matthew Vaughan. Mm. And he left over personal, but also some professional kind of things. And the trouble is that they set a release date for this movie. And Brian, I mean, director A hadn't hadn't even like workshopped any kind of ideas. So they were kind of rushing to meet this release date. And so they start, they hired hack for hire, but you know, gets the job done in time to direct to B. And there, there, there is a reason why this feels like such a chopped up ton of, there's tons of stories and characters. Will you care about any of them? It's interesting. Cause Tom Rothman, who's the, uh, who's the one of the producers at Fox who sucks he apparently was really really adamant that Wolverine and Storm hook up oh, right. and he kept pushing that that he was like kind of weirdly insistent on it and apparently the original script did have Wolverine and Storm hooking up a lot in the first like two acts of this movie yeah. and there is an undercurrent of it in there yeah, yeah, yeah. but they don't they don't ever sort of like act on it. I was sort of view it as she likes him, but he's hung up on uh, Jean. But he's too hung up on Jean. Yeah, I mean, as as we should know, Storm actually marries Black Panther. Hmm. But Black Panther wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even conceivable to do a Black Panther movie. But you know, we live in a different world. So this one we have, uh, yeah, Vinnie Jones is the juggernaut. I I that continues to baffle me i don't know i was i was sort of just it's kind of like um you putting wrestlers in films and sometimes but then we have like well kevin nash was apparently going to be Sabretooth in the first one but i had to drop out and kevin nash was a wrestler he wrestled other than diesel and uh and everything so yeah i guess but then we've got like decent wrestlers slash actors now we've got the rock we've got john cena Dave Batista. Uh, Batista, yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't believe I forgot Batista. But like, you know, we've got we've got these decent, decent kind of things. There's there's no reason for it. But yeah, Vinnie Jones, it yeah, it's not a deep character, but but I I do I find it distractingly bad. Especially the don't you know who I am? I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> yeah, but that was a meme at the time. Yeah, it was... so nowadays when they put a meme to film, it was like, oh, it's really funny. It's just... At the end of Into Spider Verse, where they've got you know the Spider Man pointing at each other, it was like, oh, it's really funny because it's doing that thing they do on the internet. That and... was funny though. That that was actually funny. The the I'm the juggernaut bitch is ridiculous. It's not even good. Like the 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 actual clip, like is so much funnier than than just referencing. I don't know. I just I I hate that whole thing. It is a difference. It's a difference with with the quality of memes. At least the Into the Spider Verse thing does something different with it. It has Spider Man twenty ninety nine in there. Yeah, you know that's just saying the line from the thing, and probably the least funny line. It's because it's repeated a bunch. Is just yeah. So in a in a film series that had a, a love triangle, we have another love triangle this time with Rogue. Bobby Drake and Kitty Pride, aka Shadowcat, played by Elliot Page. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they needed it. No, no, I don't think they needed an at all. I, I like uh, Kitty Pride. 
I do as well, and I think her powers are cool, and I mm. think I think that. Well, they mentioned the girl who can walk through walls in the in the first two films. Well, they they have her played by a different actor in in um in the second one with the. Oh yeah, of course, yes, they do. Yeah, she sinks yeah. through the bed. Yeah, yeah. In fact, she's in the first one as well. She walks through the door. Remember? Okay. Okay. Oh, fair enough. But different. Different actors. So I'll take it back about Beast being the first track on. This is the first track on. First of many. <laughs> so there's that. And and it's just I I think I think the whole like ice skating thing is genuinely sweet. But then Bobby Drake has to know that that's like a romantic thing. Yeah. Right? Like he's gotta know. And and like is he kind of is he kind of thinking, well, I'll just I'll just hook up with Kitty then? So he wouldn't have gone ice skating. Pyro. He would have made a lake of fire. That's not romantic. That's true. I, I, yeah, I keep forgetting you're a Pyro fanboy. Pyromaniac. Okay, I set you up for that one. Jesus. I'm an idiot. Yeah, accepting is, is the first step to recovery. <laughs> so they they have quite a few storylines that they adapt, none of which they do justice to. The Dark Phoenix thing, I mean, that is one of the most famous sagas in comics full stop, hmm. let alone the X-Men sort of thing. So doing that sort of resurrection thing, I mean, it sort of makes sense, but for some reason they feel that they need to add about 50 different subplots around the whole thing. So you actually have a, I believe it was a Joss Whedon story from the X-Men comics, Gifted, which was the whole mutant cure thing. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. And then, then you have Angel as well that I, opening where yes, he's that's horrible to watch is really really tough to watch this is where he's sort of trying to cut off his own wings yeah i mean he should have just plucked them like a big chicken but yeah it's it's horrible see all the sort of bloody tissues and the sort of the tools it, it's awful yeah just stuff he could grab from drawers hmm. i think there's even like a cheese grater or something yeah in it's horrible nasty I think the marketing around this was kind of because they were bringing Beast and Angel in. It was going to be like, hey, it's like the original X Men, but you know, but the movie version. But it isn't because Angel's barely in it. Yeah, it's a compelling. It's a compelling plot. His whole thing. I like. I like the thing going from denial to like acceptance and then escape and all that, and him saving his dad at the end. But like just. I don't know. I I think the humans in this one, despite there being like a big war, like Worthington and uh, the Doctor one, remember her name. They don't seem that bad to me. Like it's not they're going for like enforced kind of like mutant cures. It is. It is always a choice. You know, and the Doctor, the, the Doctor, she's just she's just doing her job. Am I off base here? I think the cure fits with the other two films, because mm. um, you know the first the first one's got all about the the panic and uh, around mutants, and I think it kind of follows almost on log- logically within a trilogy that oh there is a cure that people can take if they want to, but then mm. they do start putting them into weapons. So they do, yeah. And it was kind of all underhand because you know because uh, Beast played by Kelsey Grammer is in the White House, and is almost kind of well he's in charge of. Uh, human relations mm. um and you sort of get the sense that he he's okay with the idea of a cure because it's voluntary 
Well, yeah, and also but, because some can't hide as well as yeah, others. Yeah, you know, and obviously he's a big blue furball. Well, you get that moment where he sort of sees his human hand for the first time. Yeah, he's near the, he's near the boy. I like that. that I like that. Also, the boy has a Dreamcast. Oh, it's a Dreamcast. Yeah, so that was cool. Are they are there kids playing PlayStation in the back of that car on the Golden Gate Bridge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fancy car. I mean, the car would even be technologically advanced if if it had a PS2 in the back of a car now. Like <laughs> apparently, uh, so that bit where they lift the Golden Gate Bridge in the initial draft, they were it was going to free mutants locked in Alcatraz to then go to DC to fight about the kill. Right. But there've been quite a few films out in recent years where it ended with people descending on Washington DC. Oh, it's cool. We hadn't seen it before. No. So. You know that's that's something. I do like I do like the proper the proper rivalry between Pyro and Iceman in this one, and I I love the the end of the fight between them, where he's like, you know, kind of should never never left school because he 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 advances into a better ice form. He's been working on his powers. Yeah, that's great. How do you not like Iceman after that? I just find him dull. Oh, I was just sick of your. Iceman hate and Pyro love. No, I don't think like Pyro. Pyro. I, th- I think he he was a fool as well. You called yourself a pyromaniac earlier. That's because you set me up for the joke. <laughs> so really, you're the one to blame. Yeah, sure. That's such a Pyro thing to say. Yeah, so we get a couple of characters done exceptionally dirty, and there's Cyclops again. That, yeah, just disappears. But apparently, that was so he could work on Superman Returns. Yeah, which worked really well. Yeah, yeah, that worked out for him. You do see his eyes for the first time. Old red eyes is back. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's a really stupid end. And just the fact that they just—he he boils down to the glasses. That's all they needed him for was just, yeah, just yeah, yeah. you know, it just it, uh, it, it sucks. It, it, I did, yeah, I didn't really talk much this time. That they don't actually know they find his glasses, but they don't know he's not there until like later on. They're like, so they yeah. just left. Him. Yeah, and it's only it's only when you finally see the gravestone it says Scott Summers, and you're like, oh wow, he did straight up die then. Cool. Yeah, I remember seeing. I remember seeing after this, I wasn't disbelieved. Like, no, they kind of like, cause, yeah, he was like a main character, kind of. Mm-hmm. No, they, they, they really, really screwed Cyclops on this one. Well, I mean, now, and I, I think it's probably difficult to talk about these films now without talking about superhero films. Now they're sort of set up for uh, sequels, spin-offs, long-running sagas. That this was kind of envisaged as a three-film. Because mm. you know you'd had a Star Wars trilogy, you'd had the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's time where there were definitive ends, and where sort of there were notable deaths in sort of the final film. It's weird now watching it, like kind of how final this all is. Yeah, mind you, the school they carry on with Xavier's work, and then you do have a post-credit scene. You do, but there's a bit well, when they go to the final battle. Of, I did want who are the X Men at this point? You have got Storm and Wolverine, and Wolverine's never really been kind of part of the team. He kind of does it and then goes away again. Well, he sort of becomes the leader, doesn't he? He kind of does delivers the rousing speeches and and whatever. Oh, can we talk? I know we're hopping all over the place here, but mm. can we talk about the the bit where they visit the Grey household and the de aging? Um, yeah, it was clever effects, at the time. Effects that haven't aged well at all, ironically <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah, it was good at the time, but they're just too smooth. It's it's really it's really distracting. But you do get Stanley Cameron. He wasn't in X Men Two. Mm. Uh, but he does get a cameo in X-Men 3 as man who is shocked when water goes up. I don't think that's actually his character thing, but 
that's how he is in the movie. In that scene, I like uh, Ian McKellen's anger when they're sort of uh, implying that they're the ones who should be hiding. Mm. That's the thing. Like, you completely understand where Magneto is coming from. And, and yeah, he would be justifiably angry. It's just that Xavier is way more of a pacifist. And he's just like, kind of, let's calm down. Let's find, you know, a solution to all this. Whereas Eric is more like, fuck these guys. <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of. Yeah, Professor X died. I mean, at least that's a decent scene. But what I don't understand, I mean, they just clearly wanted the Juggernaut, again, to sell toys, I guess. Just, you know, more recognizable ones kane marco the interesting thing about him is that he's charles xavier's brother yeah but then they kill off xavier and have vinnie jones it doesn't make any sense but i think you only know that from reading the comics i mean you never get that from the film no no not at all no they they never mention it i know they they had it in uh, in this in this series this isn't the first one where they've had two brothers never mentioning it havoc oh no no i meant um sabretooth and wolverine Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, they sort of split them all up, which is a shame. But, uh, yeah, do they mention later on Havoc being Cyclops' brother? Pretty sure. Maybe they do. In the prequel In films. the later ones. Yes, yeah. they do, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, they do. It's, it's weird. It, it, and this one, it just does feel like they just don't have enough time for something. I think it... I think... I remember really, really disliking this movie. I, I don't hate it as much. No, uh, yeah, it kind of... You said that the first one still holds up. This, this wasn't as bad as I'd remembered. It's not great. It's not as bad as I remembered. No, I, it's very workmanlike. It's the Spider-Man um, 3 of the... Uh, of, no, Spider-Man the 3 film. is actively bad. <laughs> like, like if, when we get around to Spider-Man 3, you'll realise like it's, it's a slog. And, oh... But... This one, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just a sequel, and and I think the sort of having great storylines like the Phoenix Saga, like Gifted, like all these things, just kind of squandered is is the real shame here. The the performances are all fine, but I just don't know why we spend a lot of time with. I mean, what's what's the spiky guy who hugs people to death? Yeah, that's a very it's like a close quarter weapon. That's that's rubbish. I don't know why we have just those randoms kind of, I guess, just fodder. But like, and it's cool seeing Beast let loose as well, like the acrobatic stuff. But I do wish, I mean, now he'd be all CG. And I don't think you'd even have Kelsey Grammer in makeup and whatever. Because hmm. it always doesn't quite sit right. Uh, and they, mind you, they've never really nailed Beast as as a thing. But Kelsey Grammer's voice is perfect. That sort of educated American sort of that. He has that cadence to him, which is fantastic. But it's just, it, it just can't like settle on a thing. It can't give anything breathing room. We've got to be on to the next subplot. We've got to be on to this. Oh, look, Angel's back. And then, oh, oh, he's gone again. I guess, you know, oh, Leech. Leech is here. Let's, let's, what come? And it's just it's too many. Too many. Not nearly enough focus. And it just feels like it's the whole kind of just got to sell some toys. So look, it's this X Man. Hooray! It's it's this one. Hooray! I like the bit where one of the random new people says to Magneto, "Where's your mark?" Because he's not got the like a mutant tattoo, and he says, "About well, uh, my skin's been marked once by human hands, and never again." Yeah, I thought that was a quite That's powerful cool. moment. Yes, that's a cool sequence. Although, who the hell is he talking to when he moves the Golden Gate Bridge and says, "Charles always wanted to build bridges himself"? Sometimes you make a joke for yourself. That's all right. I make jokes for other people, dude. I'm an entertainer. 
You may make jokes for yourself. The bit where they um, free Magneto from the, not Magneto, sorry, free Mystique and Juggernaut and Multiple Man from that convoy. And Mystique takes the uh, the cure bullet for Magneto and that he just callously leaves her. You're not one of us anymore. Yeah, that's nasty. Yeah. The bit I don't like is when they, is later on where she's kind of betrayed on, but she's given them loads of information and uh, one of them goes, hell hath no fury, like I a woman scorns. This is like, she has every right to be like, well, fine then. The yeah. bit after Jean kills Professor X. Spoilers. And, yeah, we didn't say spoilers at the beginning. And we've, and we've already said it. <laughs> just, a, just a little joke. Possibly um, for me, I'm trying them out. And, yeah, destroys the child at home. I find it weird that Wolverine is so cut off about it and um, Storm is comforting him. Is like, well, she's known him for much longer. They're just sharing a sad moment. They're not. It's it's He's reacting and she's sort of making him feel better. She No, she's sobbing too. Yeah. No, no, they, I'm, I... I I refute. I refute that criticism. I I think that they're both really sad, and they're just because they're friends. They're sharing a sad moment. One thing we haven't mentioned is the opening credits for each of these films is always like a slightly more complex version of going through the DNA of a human mm, as the yeah. budget's gone up. Yes, but you don't have the cool theme in this one. No, so it's it's kind of shite. So yeah, it just oh, apparently the line from Beast, "Oh my stars and garters," was insisted by Kevin Feige. Yes, Kevin Feige was a producer on hmm. at least the first one. Was he on all three, maybe? Don't know. But yeah, Almost Stars and Gods, well, that's a, a, a proper McCoy thing to say, isn't it? It's just like being old-fashioned and everything. And as they were filming this, they were putting X-Men Origins Wolverine into pre-production, so there were loads of mutants they couldn't use, including Gambit. Oh yeah, well, they did a fantastic job with him. Remember him from X-Men Origins Wolverine? I don't remember much of X-Men Origins Wolverine. No, well, we're, we're covering it, and uh, it's going to hurt. Part, in part four. What, you're confusing everyone by calling this part two. I think this is just part one of the X-Men thing. Deadpool is its own thing, unless you've already done the pegboard thing. Where you I haven't yet. No. So, no, I think this is just part one of our X-Men thing. It's too confusing, because people are going to be looking for another X-Men thing. As I said, Deadpool kind of exists. That's the, the beauty of Deadpool. It kind of exists separately, but kind of in the same continuity as well. These timelines are confusing. Yes, exactly. He's meta. He's meta, so he can he can be away. Is he meta? That about wraps up our show. <laughs> Maybe we've peaked when it comes to mildly amusing things to say. This film isn't as bad as I remembered, but it's still not great, and it does feel... It's overstuffed. Yeah. And, and, it, and it feels like several parts. Wasted potential. Yeah. It's, it's like several stories shunted together in a mess well typical executive meddling you know just and this and this and put this in here and it's just like if they didn't if they had a director you know who could actually like properly do it we then... didn't even mention the fact that he was dark phoenix as well i said dark phoenix yeah but it kind of it doesn't really she doesn't really sit, do much she stands around wearing like a long coat and yeah then, spoiler wolverine stabs her and it ends yeah, and I know. Magneto walks free. But that's it. That's that's the whole thing. I do really, really like the end bit with the depowered Magneto playing chess. But is he depowered? Because he makes the thing move. Hmm. I like to think he just bumped his knee on like the other <laughs> thing. <laughs> I still got it. Yeah, just like. Well, and then you've got the the end end of the post credit because you see a coma patient in yeah. earlier in the film with Doctor Morrow McTaggart. Yeah, and at the end. 
he well Patrick Stewart says hello or something. <laughs> that, that's actually the right quote. He says hello or something. Yeah, I had to stop paying attention by this point. <laughs> because Last Stand just it just kind of beats you into submission because there's so much going on and it's just like there are bits that are cool, but then also bits that you just really don't care about, and it's just it's just too much. So you not paying attention to like the final kind of thing makes perfect sense to me because that's how I was as well. I didn't even bother watching the extra thing, but I've seen it a bunch, so I know what happens. He says hello there, or something, or something. Yeah, it's just it, yeah. So he transferred his consciousness over, but that never gets resolved because they kind of rebooted and then retooled the whole thing. It's yeah, it's an odd one this one. It it, it is it is strange. It's cool that we've got more action. Oh, I finally I liked the fact they finally did something in the danger room. I've always liked the concept of the danger room, the sort of Star Trek holodeck kind of equivalent. And the highway they take there. And the what now? The highway they take there. Yes. I Wow, we should have ended this podcast about twenty minutes ago. I'm I'm so sorry, listeners. Like I don't normally directly apologize to you, but Rob is clearly I mean, what what kind of mood would you describe this, Rob? How would you how would you describe it? You're just being very silly. You're being a silly boy right now. <laughs> um so so yes, the the danger room, not zone, room. It's uh, in your head though now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It actually is. Um, and the tease of the Sentinels as well. Always wanted to see yeah. the Sentinels done properly, but they have that sort of tease there. So that that was all right. There was supposed to be a danger room in X Men Two, but it was cut for uh, budgetary reasons. But, and there was uh, meant to be the idea that Cyclops was uh, sort of making do the danger and sort of be quicker, so they could have saved Gene, as, as that was his kind of way of dealing with it. Mm. Oh, what well, him him throwing himself into into like training and work and everything that that would make complete sense. Yeah. But, you know, they don't do that. They don't do anything with him. They really don't. No. I need them to do a proper version of Cyclops. Because, again, I don't think he's the most compelling X-Man ever. Don't get me wrong. He's not my favorite or anything. But I think as the leader of the X-Men, and and, and, and we've proven that we can, we can have earnestly good characters and have them work on screen, I, I don't see any reason why Cyclops can't work. And and they really need to with the MCU kind of version, they need to do them right. Even all these years later, I'm still salty about how Cyclops was treated because because James Marsden has the charm and potential. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Be yeah. That good. It, it's a waste of a good actor. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog even makes that work. Like talking mm. to a CGI character is not easy, and and he actually managed to have some proper interplay and 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 everything with Sonic. So. You know, I think we're going to show it. I mean, obviously, we're saving the big ranking for a future pod, but I think it's pretty easy to go. Today's a future pod. Again, I'm sorry. I'm I'm, re- I'm really sorry, guys. Like, don't apologize for that. It's related to to the X Men. I it's it's two one three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be the order for now. The so the official popcorn bucket list of the X Men films one to three are X Men two. X-Men, X-Men The Last Stand. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed revisiting these, and I will in, I'm will. i sure I'll enjoy revisiting some of the other X-Men movies. But, uh, yeah, I still haven't seen New Mutants, so that's going to be an interesting addition. Yeah, I forgot it was a thing. Yeah, I think most people did. So, yes. Good. 
do you have any final thoughts on the X-Men trilogy? I'm glad they stopped this kind of iteration. I'm glad they did spin-offs for Wolverine by himself. I'm glad they did. They then did reboot it with a different cast or, or kind of, or, and uh, Days of Future Past. Um, yeah. Because, you know, they got rid of most of the key people by this point. Mm. And, it, it you know, it said that the school was going to continue. But, yeah, so I think I probably would have had franchise fatigue of this particular Yes, of, of this sort of, yeah, this version, this iteration, I definitely did as well, because as good as the first two were, the third one, you know, especially the Dark Phoenix saga, should be super compelling. And the fact that they decided to just put it in with all the other stuff is, is just like, okay, well, it's clearly you've run out of ideas now. So, so yes. Had this been the thing, I would definitely have had franchise fatigue because Last Stand isn't a war crime, but it's bad. And and especially when compared to the first two. It's just nowhere near on the same level. Yes. That's that's a good way to put it. Rob, well done. Thanks. Uh, makes up for some of your earlier jokes. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at the popcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram at Popcorn Bucket Pod, on Twitter at Popcorn Bucket BT, PD, BT, BT. <laughs> wow, that's maybe the first bot outro in a while. A while. I, I'm, in a while, I'm watching it as well. On Twitter at Popcorn Bucket PD or on www.thepopcornbucket.com. Thank you very much to Lawrence Owen of Long Cap Media for the theme music. If you're able to, it'd be great if you can rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. Many thanks. Take care and see you next episode. Do-do-do. What he said. Do-do-do. 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 Do